Good afternoon and welcome to our special episode of the MHR podcast where we will be discussing the spring statement which has just happened and we are joined today by our legislation manager Neil Tonks who is going to be giving us his thoughts on Jeremy Hunt's speech and how that could potentially impact the tax year this year. Thanks for joining us Neil. You're welcome literally two weeks in a row now um it's almost like we completely forgot the budget was happening last week and when you reminded us we scrabbled to bring you back in so you can give us a proper overview of what's going on i think it's crept up on everybody this year but you are the man for the job though neil yeah thanks for joining us again we um as you rightly said earlier uh, there's not too many surprises because these things seem to be linked le- leaked more than a Marvel movie. Uh, there's not too many surprises, but we did go in expecting a few things to be covered, mm-hmm. which was um, talking about early retirees going back into work, energy bill support, fuel duty costs, public sector pay, corporation tax rise, and childcare reform. Basically, anything to make our lives easier. People were just begging for something. Um, in a nutshell, Neil, do you think the topics? covered were what we were expecting to be covered yes pretty much i mean we got yeah. all those things covered plus a, a bit a bit on on investment uh, yeah. incentives and and company taxation and so on but it was pretty much pretty much descript to be yeah. honest as, as leaked yeah <laughs> so no real curveballs no shockers there from this statement no i mean there were some things that were slightly different to what might yeah. have been expected but nothing that sort of made everybody do a double yeah. take no i saw all. um uh, kind of one outlet talking about it as it was being released as uh, described it as the back to work budget and it did seem like that was a resounding theme mm. throughout who was actually the incentive of this is to help support the economy by uh, supporting uh, parents who are reluctant to go back to work because of the costs of childcare mm-hmm. into back into the workforce people with health or disability issues uh, providing incentives so they can go back into work mm-hmm. or people who are uh, older or looking at retirement stepping away from that back into work work um and it seems like that was the overarching message is how we can support the economy in that way so it's, it's quite business related there was a lot we could be talking about uh, was that your takeaway neil uh yes indeed the uh, i think the major thing was the childcare yeah. mm. uh, incentives because as as had been leaked uh, the 30 hours free childcare has been extended to children below the age of three eventually it'll go all the way back to nine months although yeah he suggested that wouldn't happen immediately, but we haven't got the actual details yet. But okay. there's that. There's also incentives to help people who want to become childminders to do so. There's yeah. a, a financial incentive mm. to to do that. It's all trying to increase the the amount of available childcare. The other thing is increased funding for what's called wraparound childcare at schools, mm. so you can schools provide somewhere for children so to be like between eight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Betre- yeah. yeah between eight a.m. and six p.m. Basically, so that so that parents can work work full time yeah. mm-hmm. and drop the children off before and pick them up after and they don't have to, to limit their working time to the actual education core school hours I do so. for kids like me when you don't really have any friends to go to oh I know sympathy there um <coughs> He broke it down into his ease, which I thought mm. was quite a useful way mm. of looking at it. Um, we won't look at all of them, but some of them are more relevant in a business setting that we can talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, so his ease were enterprise, employment, education, and everywhere, everything, all at once. 
Um, <laughs> nice yes. Oscar reference yeah. there. Um, so, I mean, if it's all right with you, Neil, we could go through each of those topics, have a look okay. at the key yeah. takeaways that were announced. Yeah, and indeed, get your have thoughts. a quick look at them. Brilliant. So, first one we'll start with was enterprise. So, there was a tax boost for smaller and medium-sized businesses. So, smaller or medium-sized businesses will be able to claim credit worth of £27 for every 100 they spend um, if they spend 40% or more of their total expenditure on research and development. Yes, so that'll help businesses who are R&D heavy, essentially, Mm. because they very often have quite high costs in the sense that you've got to do all the R&D before you get any any Mm. return on it. So uh, incentives always help in that respect. There's also been a small business investment allowance, which would be increased to £1 million. So allowance of £1 million, meaning, what, 99% of all businesses can deduct the full value of their investments from a year's taxable profits. Hmm. Yes. Again, it only it only applies to small businesses, but yeah. in terms of the number of businesses, then small businesses make mm. up the vast majority. Yeah. So he says that he thinks that means that it will uh, every single pound a company invests in IT equipment, uh, plant or machinery can be deducted in full and immediate uh, and immediately from taxable profits. So there is a benefit there for businesses mm. providing yes. you're eligible of the right size. Yes, um, indeed. Yeah. yeah, and and those of it, you know, and for bigger businesses as well, um, the the corporation tax has also been increased to twenty five percent from nineteen percent, um, which means firms, you know, that make a profit of more than two hundred fifty k will pay twenty five percent tax on their profits from April so that's quite a considerable jump is that quite yeah. is that the norm or is that quite an extreme percentage increase do you think it had been it had been historically low mm. uh, so it's gone back up to levels that are more more sort of comparable to what's been there before I'm sure corporation tax was pitched at a, a, almost 40% at one point so you know it does change significantly this is one of these taxes that does mm. change quite significantly depending on on the Chancellor's uh, view and the economic outlook. And what side of bed he woke up that day. Uh, another one that was talked about a lot. Of, there was a lot of public sector mentioned, but also a lot of investment and infrastructure stuff. So the levelling up was a key feature there. Mm. So he talked about twelve new investment zones across uh, West Midlands, Greater Manchester, North, East, South Yorkshire, West Yorkshire, East Midlands, Teesside, and Liverpool. And they compared incentives such as um, uh, you know Liverpool or Canary Wharf. Um, as, as previous examples where we've done that. Um, this is also uh, just goes back to what something we used to have before is a lot of like uh, regional development funds in terms of how mm. we can help level up. Obviously, we're not part of the EU now, so uh, a lot of that came from there. Is this more of a this is more of a local government or kind of a national government incentive mm. to distribute funds uh, regionally? So there's two ways you can look at it. Is it something that we have we now need to fund ourselves because we don't have it from an EU standpoint? But it is. Uh, it could. It could be beneficial to a lot of businesses looking to invest in local regions, depending on the, what industry you're in. Oh, absolutely. Um, and Neil, do you see this as a way of kind of the UK trying to replicate some of that funding that was accessible before to improve investment in other areas of the UK? Yeah, possibly. It's mm. it's certainly true that we we lost access to to some funding when we when we left the EU. So mm. uh, and and of course the the current government has a policy to which they call levelling up, mm. which is essentially to to help remove the sort of bias of the of the economy towards London and the South East yeah. and to to spread the benefits more widely yeah. around the country. Uh, an improvement of the public sector. I mean, this is obviously very, very specific to that area, but, you know, risks to swimming pools or community facilities are rising because of costs. 
Um, so MPs want to make this feeling known. So the Chancellor is laying out £63 million fund to keep public leisure centres afloat. Nice do you think, pun. I was just about to say, do you think that was uh, an intentional one there, Guadalupe? Yeah, yeah. But it's good to see, because obviously, you know, cost of living crisis, we've known that the public sector from a business point of view has felt that quite a lot. So mm. it's nice to hear that things are going in there. Whether or not that's enough, we'll see. Uh, but that is definitely a direct impact to businesses. Mm. Um, and there was also another announcement that Hunt is going to assign uh, £10 million over the next 10 years for a voluntary sector to stop families experiencing suicide. That's looking at mental health awareness mm-hmm. as well. Um, so that will directly impact anyone working in the charity sector or businesses supporting that. Yes. There's also support for working people with mental health issues yeah. to, to help employers provide them with support. Well, that, that, takes, was a that, that takes us nicely on to our next E. E is for employment. Um, and he did talk a lot about employment reforms. Uh, and that, yes. as you've just mentioned, Neil, um, so there is a voluntary scheme for disabled people where the government will spend up to £4,000 per person to help them find an appropriate job and put, them, uh, um, and put in place the support they need. Um, and it will fund 50,000 places every single year. So that's supporting disabled people getting to work yes, through that scheme as well. That, that, that's a good idea. Couple that with one of the benefit changes he made, because he's also, he's also announced a consultation on changing the way that some disability benefits are paid. Because mm-hmm. a, disabil- a lot of the benefits available to people with disabilities mm. are, are means-tested, so, which means that if you get work you lose a proportion of the benefit. So you get to the yeah. point where, where for some people with disabilities, it's, it's hardly worth them going into work, even though they're able to, because financially they'd be hardly any better off mm. because they'd, they'd be earning, but they'd lose a big chunk of the benefits that they're getting. So that, and that's a, a disincentive for those people to get into the workforce. So, and uh, I suppose that's a, that's a pretty major catch-22, isn't it? And I yes. think that's a very familiar kind of sentiment throughout the budget this you know this spring is that they are looking for ways to also get parents back in the workforce the yes. same way they're trying to improve accessibility and opportunities for those that are disabled as well to try and create a, you know a, a better incentive yes. to get them back into the workforce yes i mean that, that that's what the child care in, in changes are, are mm. aimed at you know that the, the fact that for uh, a lot of people they they're in the situation where that it's scarcely worth them going to work because mm-hmm. because they'll incur childcare costs that in well in some cases actually exceed the amount that they can earn if if there's uh, particularly if there's more than one child involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know you get situations where people just don't work because they can't afford to basically. Yeah. Uh, the another change that's been announced to do with universal credits yeah. is that the there'll be an increased childcare payment for universal credits and it'll be paid in advance that's always been a little mm-hmm. thing but it's always been a, an issue that if you go on to universal credit you've essentially got to find the first month's childcare payments up front before because you won't get it and paid until you get it's a reimbursement mm. at the end of the month mm. and and that's a that's a hurdle to some people going into work because they, they just don't have that money to mm-hmm. stump up up front for the for childcare for the the children while while they start work. So in that sense, that's it's a big statement then to say that they will manage that upfront payment to to improve that access, as you say, to try and better encourage yes, people to come into work. <laughs> on the flip it, side it removes a hurdle. On the flip side of that as well, it it is said um, they did mention that universal credit sanctions are going to be applied more rigorously as well. 
Um, so sanctions will be applied more rigorously for those who fail to meet uh, uh, strict work requirements or choose not to take up a reasonable job offer. Mm. So yes, it's also about making it more accessible. Again, like you say, upfront cost, we can get you into that system, we can get it working, get it supporting you. But also on the flip side is if there are opportunities there, you are going to need to take mm -hmm. them, otherwise you're not going to be eligible for this support. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, Another big thing was about pensions. Pension lifetime allowance is to be abolished. Yes, that used to be 1.2 million pounds. Uh, so it's it's the maximum amount you can have in a pension fund, essentially, without incurring tax penalties. Mm -hmm. And uh, it sounds like an awful lot of money, and that sounds like something that's only really going to benefit to high earners. Mm -hmm. But actually, because of the way the figures are worked out, there is a problem, particularly in people who've got defined benefit pension schemes maybe mm -hmm. you know some of the public sector ones and, and larger private sector companies because of the way the value is worked out you even people earning much quite modest earnings can find themselves hitting that allowance that, okay. uh, that lifetime allowance good and then it takes us up to our third e is also for education mm. um, so this comes into a lot of what we've already discussed uh, yes. Neil in terms of the childcare stuff um, so, uh, Hunt said he'll increase the funding to nurseries to 204 million from this September, rising to 288 million next year, an average of 30% increase uh, over a two year old rate. Mm -hmm. uh, min uh, the minimum staff to child ratio will change from 1, point, uh, 1 to 4 to 1 to 5 for two year olds in England, uh, though this will remain optional. So, again, it's just more of that kind of childcare cover. That's, that's an interesting one. And, you know, whether nurseries will be taking, <coughs> you know, taking that up from kind of a safety perspective or, you know, employee mental health perspective, I think is to be determined. But it is a great opportunity to open up more spaces within within a nursery because mm. I think that's second second to the expense it's also actually finding those places because yes. as they say before childminders it's such a limited you know there's a, there's a finite mm. number of them at the moment and so incentives are kind of taking that 360 approach of increasing the number of childminders by improving incentives increasing the ratio um, of uh, children to, to to minder and also managing that that pot of expenditure as well yeah. it'll it'll make the the extra funding will will make it more likely that nurses will offer the places for the mm. uh, for the the free childcare places and it's 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 interesting as well they've also um set a, a kind of a monetary balance as well per child so you're now looking at receiving up to 951 pounds for one child and 1630 for two children per month which as you say will be paid up front yes um so that's a significant increase on sort of what was being offered previously and i mean in, t in terms of if we're going to talk about this in in real money neil do you think that as you said before we're not saying that this is going to kind of come into come into force or come into play straight away um when do you think that businesses are going to really start to feel the benefit um of this opportunity because this is a pretty big one yeah i mean some of these things are phased in over a number of years mm. uh, we know that the wraparound childcare is phased in they're hoping to get all schools offering that by 2026 mm. these uh incentives for children for nursery places free nursery places for children under three are phased in i 
we haven't got the details yet of, of what that's going to be. The, mm-hmm. the Chancellor just said it will eventually cover children from nine months old upwards. So the, the, these things will get phased in, but they they should increase the number of, of parents who are in the workforce who are looking for work. So uh, should, in the fullness of time, make it easier for businesses to, to get people with the skills they require. And we do have a labour shortage still, yeah. even though we've... we've We've seen some companies announcing layoffs. Mm. Generally, in the economy as a whole, we still have a labour shortage. So I think we've covered the main points that were discussed, especially relevant to businesses. And I think in a Mm. nutshell, yeah, both the the positives that were taken from this when the budget was announced and some of the immediate kind of rebuttals was this is all about workers working to Mm -hmm. improve the economy. Um, So whether it's about giving uh, people opportunities to stay in work for longer or to access work sooner when they feel like they're in a position economically where it's not affordable to do so, that's what these incentives are, have been set to do to support, uh, whether you're pro against them or if you think that's good or bad, that's a different story. We would like to hear your thoughts. Um, as well, on top of this uh, podcast, we've also done a blog actually recently on what to expect in the tax year end um, and a few other pieces. We'll put those into the Facebook group if you mm-hmm. haven't seen them already and you can share those. Um, mm-hmm. But we will be keen to hear your thoughts on uh, and your reaction to the budget, the statement and how this you think how you feel this is going to affect your business. Brilliant. So what we can do to wrap up then today, Neil, is um, I just want you to give us a quick wrap up or takeaway of what you think from the budget and what you think we can expect for the rest of the year after the announcement. Hopefully, we we will see a sort of an increase in in the availability of labour, which will help to uh, ease some of the recruitment problems some companies have, which in turn will help them to to prosper. So, and on the other side a bit, it should get easier. For people who want to work to do so because it will remove barriers be it yeah. barriers mm-hmm. because they're disabled and they will lose income if they if they work or because they're people with childcare responsibilities who can't afford to work at the moment because they can't afford the childcare bills that they didn't care if they did so uh, hopefully it should make uh, should make life easier Brilliant. well no doubt Neil uh, we'll be back with you near the end of the year to review how that's gone and what the next one's saying <laughs> yes indeed uh, you'll be back for the autumn statement <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. yes I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping it's not until then in a way not because yeah. I don't like talking to you guys but because <laughs> if nothing dramatic if nothing dramatic happens then the next time the Chancellor makes a speech will be the autumn statement yeah. and we hopefully, don't want another hopefully year hopefully this year we'll steady the ship yeah we don't want more. we don't want it like last year where they kept changing the national insurance during the year and things like that yeah. we can manage with that that sort of thing it's just making and your life more complicated isn't it neil mm, it does <laughs> <laughs> neil thank you so much for joining us for two thank weeks in you. a row now we found that really useful and it helped us break down what we can expect and what we can understand from this Absolutely. um so yeah we'll let you go now finally uh, but thank you very much for joining us thank uh, you very you're much you're welcome And that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks again for joining us for our podcast special where we reviewed the spring statement. We will be back to business as usual next week where I'm sure we will continue to be plonkers for your pleasure. Have a great week, guys. See you in a bit. Bye.